I had an intense night last night. Anybody else, the Lord visited them last night in the middle of the night when you don't want Him to visit you? <laughs> don't say it. He like, yeah, don't say it because He'll come then. <laughs> he always seems to come when you're least. You ever read Song of Solomon? You know, I was in the bed and sleeping, trying to sleep, and the Lord came and He said, I don't want to mess with you right now. And He took off, and then she regretted it. That's sort of how, you, how that works. He always, he never, when he, he always seems to come at in, inconvenient times. Uh, here's something I was thinking about this morning. Uh, Jesus was a force to be reckoned with. Okay, he was a force to be. He had a very gentle and meek spirit, but he was his his acts, the way he his what he did, his ways. He was a, like a revolutionary kind of guy. Right? He was a revolutionary. And I think the Lord really is calling the body of Christ to become revolutionaries. But the key is, is we've got to get the, the gentleness and the meekness. Because that's where we've sort of missed it in the past in our revolutions, is we want to be revolutionary, but we didn't have that gentle and meek heart that He had. And that's really what God's calling us into, is to really learn His heart. Take my yoke upon you, my burden is light, because I'm lowly and gentle. And as we learn how to have, his, have that formed in us, there's also this, at the same time, this revolutionary attitude and heart that wants to, you know, upset the apple cart that's going on in the world. And that's what revolutions do. So I think the Lord's really calling us to that. Amen? I, like, I love that, thinking like that. Well, um, here's the thing. I wanted to share a few little things with you this morning. Um, first of all, every human being on this planet, and, and that includes you, and some of you have the Every human being has five basic needs in their life. Okay? Five basic needs. And the way those needs are met, if those needs are met or how they're met, how you get those needs met, is really going to have a lot to do with your life, how you live your life, how you are going to... It really, whether you like it or not, they're going to affect your identity. Okay? They're going to affect who you are. They're going to affect what you do. Okay, so here's... I'm going to give you a little bit of a testimony. A few years ago, I was, it was on a Sunday morning, as I was coming, coming over to the church building, uh, suddenly I got double vision, literally double vision. And it felt, like in my, it felt like something happened inside of my head, and I was seeing double. It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't like a spiritual thing. It was, it was like I suddenly got this, uh, this, I got this headache. And it was causing me to see double. It was so, and it just happened just like that. Suddenly I had it was intense. It was like somebody ripped something inside my brain. And so it was just uh, all I could do to get through the morning at church. It was just so intense. And it, I was, my body started hurting. Every, you know, I was just hurting. It, the, the shirt on my back hurt me. That's the way I felt. You know, by the end of the day, a sheet laying on my body hurt me. I even thought, this is one of the, at one point I was thinking, you know, you hear about people who get headaches and they die, like a brain hemorrhage. You ever heard of that? It happens to people. They get these intense headaches and it kills them. Just one day, they're healthy one minute, they got a headache and then they die. At one point, this thought floated through my mind, that, this thing's going to kill me. It was so intense. And uh, it was right in the middle of all of that, the Lord spoke to me. Mark chapter 5, okay? And if you look in Mark 5, every human need that we have is in Mark 5. All the needs of humanity is in Mark 5. Every one of them, all five of them. 
And I realized that, so when I was, let me just say this, what I realized also at that moment was how a person who has some sort of chronic sickness or chronic disease or debilitating pain, how that would completely shape their life. That everything they do in their life would revolve around their sickness and their pain. You understand what I'm saying to you? It would, it would, it would completely, whatever identity they had, whatever creativity, whatever they had going for them in their life would be taken away from them because they would have to live their life based around this, this pain. I was, because I was going through that. If I had to spend the rest of my life like this, I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot except sit in a dark room and be, you know, and try to deal with this pain. So I began to see in these, uh, these needs, these basic needs that human beings have, how they really do affect our identity and how people's identity is affected by these needs and how they can do absolutely destroy your life. Um, so I really want to talk to you just a little bit about that. So, or I wouldn't be saying all that, right? Because the Lord did heal me. Okay, what I want to say is when I read Mark 5, the Lord healed me instantly. I went from a sheet on the bed hurting me, literally. I was in so much pain till I was instantly healed. Instantly. And I was instantly healed when I read Jesus heal the woman with the issue of the blood. Because there was a power that was released. It became a living word to me at that moment. It wasn't just no longer a scripture on the page of the Bible. It was a living word. That power came out of that word and it healed me. It was awesome. So there's a power in the Word. There's power when God brings the Word and speaks the Word to you personally. There's some power that can get released. So I was... <laughs> I'm going I'm to try to help you all with this, okay? Uh, trust me, I'm trying to go some, somewhere. Um, I'm going to tell you what those five basic needs are, okay? Uh, but I wanted to tell you, I, recently I read something on Fox's uh, website. Fox News website, and this was the question. This is a little article they had. It was the question: Is the world broke? Is the world broke? talking about finances? Is the world broke? And I was thinking about: Is the world broke? Possibly the world is broke, I and mean, possibly the world's bankrupt, and we don't even know it yet. But I also got to thinking about: Is the church broke? Is the church is the church coming to a place that we really are bankrupt? Okay, that we really are coming to a place because of the the demand and the needs of the world are so great that our answers that we have had up to now are not going to be adequate going forward. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the demand that's out there in the world today, the need that's out there in the world, how great the need is? It's a powerful need. There's a powerful need out there. And what we've got to realize, we have to really, I believe we have to come to a place where we really see that we may not be tapping into the answer that the world is going to need in this time. Okay? Because ultimately we're not bankrupt. But maybe we haven't just tapped into the right account always. Okay? And that's really where I believe God taking the church. I believe He's bankrupting a bunch of our other accounts. Okay, that we've tapped into in the past that worked real well, that met the needs of that day. But the Lord's saying, those accounts no longer have anything in them to meet the, the needs of this day. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So, um, I want to tell you this. 
uh, I believe the Lord is doing that. I believe He's releasing that. This is what happened to me. Now, uh, a few years ago, how many remember, or how many have forgotten, maybe, about the Lakeland Revival? Do y'all remember the Lakeland Revival? You know, the Lakeland Revival um, was a real healing revival. Okay? It was real. It, it was really from the Lord. Now, like most revivals that have happened in history, the people leading the revivals didn't handle them, didn't lead them real good. Okay? They, in other words, peop, because of people's failures, because of people's mistakes, it, you know, it, it set aside what God was doing. It messed up what God was doing. And a lot of people got messed up in it. A lot of people get, because, because a person fails, uh, people tend to write things like that off, which is a huge mistake. Okay, it's a huge mistake. Because if a man fails, it doesn't mean God failed. Amen? Well, I'll tell you this. We went down there, and I got, I got into that river that they, were, that they had down there. I got into it. Because I wanted to know about what was really happening down there. So the Lord allowed me into that river. And I had never seen, you know, the river we had at the time here was different from that river there. Okay, now, if you, don't, if you haven't been around here, the river is the Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters, which he said, which is the Spirit. But God releases His Spirit out through different means. But what they had was they had a river that was very rich in the blood of Jesus. Okay? It was very rich. And it made the water have a very uh, beautiful blue color to it. Not like Caribbean blue, but it was a different blue. Okay? And, and the Lord showed me that the source of that, of that river, what was, that, the, what was really feeding that river and causing it, because I was like, you know, I've never seen anything like this. Lord, I've never seen water this color in the natural or in the spirit. And He showed me that it was coming from His blood, that His blood was feeding that. And because of His blood was feeding that, there was so much healing going on. Amen? Are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? I'm telling you, okay? But here's what I'm here to tell you. That, that is the kind of river that God wants to release in the earth today. That was a forerunner of what God wants to do. I'm not talking about in terms of revival meetings. I'm talking about in terms of the power and the authority to meet the needs of human beings that, that's out there today. Okay? And I see, I've foreseen, I've foreseen it, okay? I don't care what you think about this, but I have seen that river coming. Okay? I've seen it coming. I've seen it coming our way. And it's not, it's not just healing, okay? It's, it's, it's to meet the needs of, of the human beings out there today because it, just like Jesus met their needs. Because this is the one thing in all this you're going to see in Mark 5, all this in Mark 5, is every one of those needs, they were extreme needs, they were terrible needs, Jesus was able to address and meet every one of those needs. Okay? Every one of them. Every one of them. Are y'all good? And I'm declaring to you, I'm saying to you, that's what God wants to do in the earth. He's looking for places where He can create that type of atmosphere, that type of river, that type of flow in a place that can meet those needs that are impossible to meet any other way. 
Amen? Uh, yeah, praise God. That's, so that's what we're going for, and that's really what I wanted to say to you about that. So, here's the needs. And I didn't really give them any of these scriptures. I got, there's a couple, but you can read this. The first need that every human being has is the need created by sin and demons. Okay? You know, the Bible says this. The Bible says sin is lurking at your door, and it's waiting for you. And how you respond to sin when it's standing at your door waiting. When you walk out the door today, when you get up and walk out that door, sin is out there waiting on you. It's in its desire, the Bible says it's desire. It desires you. Okay, it desires to get a hold of your life. Okay, and so they, that first man, there was a man there. There's a story of a man. It was a man, a, a, a man that was a demoniac, is what they called him. And it said that he had a legion of demons. And that nobody, see, nobody in their day could do anything with this man. That man couldn't even wear clothes because he was so insane from the demons. In fact, they said they shackled him. They tied him down and he would break the shackles. He would break the chain. Can you imagine a man breaking chains, how powerful that is? Imagine what it was doing to his body physically. I mean, it was not only, I mean, it was something supernatural. Strength came to him, but I imagine his body was being ripped to shreds with people trying to, to, to bind him, to hold him down. And it, it got so bad that he could no longer live with people. He was living out in the tombs. He was living away from everybody because he was so demonized. In fact, it says that he had a legion of demons in him. That's a lot of demons. In fact, it says there's so many demons that were in him that when Jesus took cast them out, they jumped in a bunch of hogs, actually 2,000 hogs, the Bible calls them swines, but we call them hogs, right? And those hogs went crazy instantly because those demons were in them, and they ran over a cliff and went into the sea, went into the water and drowned themselves. And the people, and this always used to mystify me, the people of the town begged Jesus, don't go, go away from here, please go away from us. And I always just, I always just think, why were they begging him to go? You know why they were begging him to go? Economy. You're going to wreck our economy if you come here. We just lost 2,000. These weren't Jews. You, we just lost 2,000 hogs. Jesus is a revolutionary. I mean, that, if I was there that day, that's what I would be thinking. This guy has just killed 2,000 hogs. That is a lot of barbecue and bacon. You know, we don't need this guy. We're having a hard enough time as it is without this dude coming and doing all this stuff. Have you ever thought about that? That's what I would have thought was because I was asking the Lord, Lord, what in the world? You know, why would people not want you? After you set this man completely free of all those demons at one time. Okay? So here's the thing. Those same demons, we have to address those things. See, that man's life was ruled by those demons. His whole life had been destroyed by those demons. His whole identity, that was his identity, was those demons. You see what I'm saying? It had, for, it had shaped him and forced him. And see, there's a lot of people whose, whose identity is shaped by their sins and by their sinful lifestyle. That's who they are. Some of it's hidden sin, but it's really, it's really manipulating them. It's really having an effect on them and who, of who they really are. You see what I'm saying? And so, so we have to have an answer for those people. 
We have to have an answer to free people from those things. And that's really what the Lord's calling us to, because He's the answer. He Himself, He is that answer. Jesus is that answer. For every sin that you have this morning, if you're a person this morning, if you've got hidden sin in your life, whether you know a lot or not, that sin, that sin is robbing you of who you really are. It's making you be something you're really not. It's having a big effect and big control on your life. Okay? And so Jesus is the answer for that, for that. He's the answer for sin. He's the answer for demons. Isn't that wonderful? And so, but every one of us have that need. Every one of us in this room and everybody who's going to walk through the doors of this church, everybody who's going to walk through the door of your business, everybody you're going to run into at the gas station has that need. It's, uni- it's a universal need. All right, the second one has to do with relationships and home. Okay? That's what, this is what Jesus told him. He told the man. He said, because the, the people in the town were saying, get away from us. And it was sort of funny when you read it. Leave us. Leave here. And here's the man. Please let me be with you. Please let me be with you. See, it was sort of an opposite. And so you can sort of see how people are. That really t- gives you a clue how people are. What has happened in their life with the Lord. When the Lord shows up and He's wrecking the economy, He's wrecking everything, uh, your response is going to be one of the two ways. If you're a, bit, a person who's been really freed by Him, you're going to beg Him to be with Him. But if you're a person who has no real connection with Jesus, you're going to want Him to leave. Get away. We don't need you to messing up the church like this. You know, we don't need you messing up our business like this. We don't need you doing this to us. You, we just don't need that. So that's a good indicator for you. But, amen. Thank you, Jesus. But so, here's the thing. This is what Jesus told the guy. He said, listen, go home and go tell your friends. So, can, now go home. Go home in your mind to that person's home. Go home in your mind to the people that he had a friendship with, had a relationship. Can you imagine what those relationships were like? Can you imagine how wrecked they were? Can you imagine how tore up that family was? Because a son, a husband, a nephew, a friend went entirely insane, was running around stripped naked, screaming and yelling. Can you imagine what that did to all that? And Jesus his Jesus answered him, you need to go home. You need to go back. And you see, really in the, in, in the body of Christ today, it's rampant. Relationships are one of the greatest downfalls, you know, there's a need in relationships. There's a big need in relationships. There's a big need in marriages. There's a big need in friendships. You know, there's that need out there. I was talking to somebody recently, and they were talking about uh, this woman uh, they were considering. I don't remember who it was. But this woman they were considering marrying, and she had already been married five times. Well, five times? Why would you marry somebody who's already been five times? Don't you know they don't know how to be married if they've been married five times? You think you're going to fix them? And that's sort of a sign of relational issues that people are suffering with. And I'm going to tell you, they're getting more intense and worse. They're becoming more and difficult. Okay, we're in a time of relational crisis everywhere around us. The world's in relational crisis. Okay? And what the church needs is the church needs an answer for those people. We do have an answer. We've got to tap into that account. And that, that answer is the Lord Himself. It's not all this other stuff. It's Him. And we've got to get the Lord into those relationships. And when we get Him into those relationships, 
Isn't that wonderful? And the third one, is everybody good? Is everybody tracking with me? All right, the third one was the one I talked about, the needs created by our health. Okay? My personal experience, I began to see how my health, my life was going to be destroyed by my, by my health. Do you know there's people who have tremendous callings on their life? I mean, huge callings, and they can't fulfill them because of health issues. Did you know that? In other words, their health issue has created for them an alter identity of themselves. Not their true identity. Because they can't really fulfill their true identity because they have health problems. So, you know, that was the woman with the issue of blood. Think about it. She spent her whole life, she'd been, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine somebody who bled for 12 years? And she was unclean. You know, because of that, in the Jewish culture, she was an unclean person. I mean, it affected every part of her life. And so, and it really is a picture of, of, of when we're sick, we have a chronic pain or chronic sickness, how it'll affect every part of our lives. It'll change our lives. And it'll keep us from being who we're supposed to be. But the Lord really does have an answer for sickness. And when she touched Him, she was instantly healed, like I was that night, instantly healed. Okay? But there's another thing that it tells us in there. It says that she spent... Everything she had, sorry, Lenora, on physicians. She has spent all her money on physicians. That's another basic need of every human being is finances. Okay, isn't it cool how Mark 5 has all this in it? I mean, it's one of the cool, it's like the Holy Spirit made Mark 5. I'm going to tell you all about human need, every human need, every need you're going to have, the most important needs, and I'm going to tell you how to address those needs. See, everybody's going to have financial needs. The world, that's why I said Fox News said, was saying, is the world broke? Well, we believe the United States of America is broke, you know, that our nation is broke financially. We're in debt, you know, we're spending more money than we have. But the whole world may actually be. So... You know, financial needs are overwhelming right now. They really are overwhelming people with financial needs. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to get any better. In fact, a lot of the prophets are saying this. We're living in a false economy right now. It's, it's a temporary reprieve. Okay? It's a temporary reprieve. I'm thinking, this don't seem like such a great reprieve. But there's another, there's another, another bottom. there's another bottom we're going to fall into. Another hole we're going to fall into. That's what a lot of the prophets are saying. Okay? That's real encouraging, isn't it? But you see, the Lord is what the, that's why it's so important for us to get this. The Lord is saying, I have an answer for financial needs. That's what the Lord's saying. I have an answer for financial needs. I am the answer for financial needs. And we could go broke in a, in a half an hour in the church trying to help everybody with financial needs. I mean, we'd be broke within 30 minutes. So the church don't, doesn't have the resources. I'm talking about the body of Christ in the United States. Doesn't, if we put all the resources together, the whole church in America, we would not have the resources to help the people who are in the churches. They're just not there. Okay? And so we had to shift our thinking. We've got to tap into something else besides what we've been trying to tap into. And Jesus is that. Y'all looking? Y'all ain't really. Y'all excited about this or not? Come on! I'm excited because here I am telling you, there's a river coming. There's a river coming that's being fed by the blood of Jesus Christ, 
And there's power in that blood to meet these needs. Well, here's the last one, the fifth one. Here they are. The first one's the needs created by sin and demons. Okay? The second, second thing is the, the needs created by home, home life, and relationships. Okay? The third one is our health, the needs created by our health. The fourth one is the needs created by finances. Anybody got any financial needs this morning? Who doesn't? Some people got some serious ones. But here's the fifth one, and this is the hardest one of all of them. Okay? This is the ultimate. You think your finances are bad? You think you got bad home life? This one's worse. It's the needs created by death. Okay? Because the Bible says death is the last enemy that's going to be overcome. The Bible says death is actually as strong as love. Actually, it says love is as strong as death. And you know what that means? It means death, when, when something dies, it takes everything. Have you ever thought about that? You lose some. I remember when my uncle died. I had an uncle that was like this genius. He knew everything. He was a professor. He was brilliant. And I remember looking at him in the coffin thinking, all that knowledge he has is gone. It's gone. It's gone. Death took every bit of it away. We can't get access to that knowledge. And so that's the power of death. When death, when death strikes a person, when, some, when a person dies, it takes everything. There's nothing anybody can do. When your vision dies, when your dream dies, any kind of death, when your, when your Uzziah dies, when your, you know, when your Isaac dies, it, death requires all of it. It takes it all. Okay? Now here's what Jesus said. He says, I got the keys to death and hell. I hold the keys to death. And I remember when our baby died, we could get no comfort about our baby being dead. None. There was no comfort until somebody quoted that scripture to us. Remember that? I don't remember exactly what he said. It was something like this. He said, I don't know why, but I do know the Bible says this. Yeah. That Jesus holds the keys to death and hell. And when he said that, I was at peace because I knew the Lord is the one with the key. And what stays alive is because he's allowed it to stay alive. And what dies is what he's allowed to die because he's got the keys. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. But listen to this. I do have this scripture up there. John eleven twenty five. 25. This, remember last week when I was talking to you about Lazarus? Well, here's, here's a little... I had to stop. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to finish this, but it's okay. I just want to finish this last little thing about death. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. When Jesus came to raise Lazarus from the dead, and I want you to get this, he did not come saying, I'm here to raise the dead. He didn't say, I'm here to raise the dead. You see, that's, where, that's a bankrupt account that we've been pulling on to, trying to raise the dead. I think it's bankrupt. I'm here to, he didn't say, I'm here to raise the dead. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. You see the difference? Y'all see that difference? That's really important. I'm the resurrection. I'm not here to raise the dead. I'm just telling you, I'm not, I don't, that's not even an issue because I am resurrection and I am life. And wherever I go, there's going to be resurrection and there's going to be life, period. I don't have to think about praying for ra- praying to raise the dead because I am the one. Do you get what I'm saying to you? 
And do you get what the Lord's saying? He could, he could walk in a room with a bunch of people that was absolutely financially ruined, and he can say, hey, when it comes to finances, I, I, I am the resurrection, and I am life. And wherever I go, there's prosperity. Wherever I am, there's life, there's joy, there's, there's an increase. There's no decrease where I go. Wherever I am, there's health. When I walk in the room, I don't walk in the room carrying sickness. I've already done that. I walk in the room carrying health. Now, that's really what we've got to get. That's really what, where we have to go from, where we've been, to going in and getting Him. Because when we get Him... When we get Him into the situation, when we put Jesus into the situation, guess what's going to happen? Something's going to happen. You got what I'm saying? Something's going to happen. Now, here's the thing. Martha and Mary both believed something about Jesus. Are y'all good? They believed in the power of Jesus to raise the dead because they both said these things. Lord, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Both of them said those same words. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. That's what Jesus' answer was. His answer was, no, it's not about some anointing. You know, anointing's good. But he's saying, I got something better than anointing. It's, it's not about some teaching. I, I've got something a lot better than your lousy teachings, because your teachings are pretty weak, honestly. I got something better. I remember, y'all ever heard of a guy named Adrian Rogers? Anybody ever heard of Well, Adrian Rogers, believe it or not, was Bobby Connors' spiritual father. Adrian Rogers was one of the best preachers the Baptist church had in the 80s and 90s. He preached at this church in Memphis, Tennessee. He was one of the great Baptist preachers. If you ever heard him preach, he could preach the paint off the walls. I loved Adrian. I used to love to listen to him preach on the radio. Terry Emerson claimed they were part of his church. They were. He was a preacher's preacher. He was an awesome man. I read some stuff about him. It broke my heart. This is sort of a side subject. broke my heart. He, read, he wrote a letter and said, if you're reading this letter, it's because I'm worshiping at the feet of Jesus in heaven. He died. You know, and he was basically telling people this. Hey, this whole ministry, this whole thing I did, just know this. It wasn't about this person of Adrian Rogers. It was about this person of Christ. So this ministry called Love Worth Finding needs to go on. I thought, man, I started crying when I, I started weeping when I read it. It was so powerful. That man was powerful. That man had a powerful anointing on him. But you know what he said? We, we've been given, uh, we've heard that Bill Johnson said this is a great statement. I know where he got it now. It is a great statement. Job is the question. Jesus is the answer. I heard Adrian Rogers say that back in the 80s. Job was the question. Jesus is the answer. Y'all hear that? See, that's really where God is bringing the church. He's bringing the church. Brian sang a song this morning about worship. I'm getting back to the heart of worship because it's about you, Lord. You know how the Lord works? This is how the Lord works. 
It's Romans 11.36. It's what it says, from Him. God releases something into the earth. It came from Him. And we enjoy it through Him. From Him, through Him. But there's a time when He says, back to me. From Him, through me, to me. From Him, through Him, to Him. And so, if you want to know where we're at right now, spiritually, we're back into back to Him. All that God has done is back to Him. Because when it goes back to Him, like the worship, it's about You, Lord. It's not about worship. It's not about all that. It's not about all this stuff. It's about You, Lord. Healing. Healing is not about the healing anointing. Healing is about Him. Your financial needs being met is about Him. Am I telling you something profound? Most people should know this. But I'm just here to tell you if you, have a, if you have a question in your life today, if you have an issue in your life today, I have an answer for you. It's Him. It's not the church. It's not how we pray. It's not how we worship. Not what you teach. Not what you even believe necessarily. It's Him. And if we can get back to Him. Jesus went down there. You know what He did? I, I need to finish. He went down there, Lazarus. He got down there and He prayed. Father, I'm praying this not for me, but for these people. So they'll know. So they'll know. So they'll know that you hear me. Because I know you hear me. And when I say Lazarus come forth, he's coming out of there. He don't have a choice. Because you hear me. And he said to these people, roll that stone away from that grave. And those people said, well, actually it was Martha, the important person there, the, 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 the brother the family member, the one that counted the most, the one whose needs need to be met at that moment. She said, Lord, he's, he's going to be stinking. He's going to be stinking. You, you know, have you got a situation in your life that's gone to stinking? I'm serious. Have you got a situation in your life that's gone to stinking? It didn't bother him. He just said, roll that thing away. And I, I was thinking about that. There's another time a stone got rolled away. Because that's what they used to cover. They had a, a round stone that they had a track set on. That's how they would cover the, the tombs. Because in those days, the tombs were reused over and over and over by a family. A family would buy one tomb, which basically was a cave, and they would put the body in there. Okay, and they would roll that stone over it, and then the body would decay and rot and all that, and then they would go in there at some point in time and take the, the, the remains, rake them up together, put them in a basket or something, and set them to the side so the next person could go lay out. That's how they did it. That's unusual, isn't it? It would be a rough day having to go rake your mama up in a basket, you know? So they had this stone that was on the front of the grave, and, he, and that's when he was buried there was a stone. And I heard a song one time. I heard this song. He still rolls stones away. Anybody ever heard that song? He still rolls stones away. Have you got something in your life where you need the Lord to come in there? It's dead, Lord. It's dead. It's dead. And he said, roll that stone away. 
Sometimes he makes people roll them. Sometimes he just says, if it's in his way, roll it, move. It moves. That's what we got to get. We got to get that. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And D.L. Moody said this. I'm telling you this is what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody said, you know why he said, Lazarus, come out? You know, D.L. Moody was a famous preacher. Because if he would just said, come out, everybody would have come out. It would have been a mess. He would have emptied hell at that moment. I thought D.L.'s got a revelation. So he had to make sure. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out. And the Bible says he was bound with his foot. He was mummy, basically. He was bound head and foot. And the Lord said to his friends, Loose that man and let him go. Loose him and let him go. And you see, that's us. That's what I'm saying. That's our part. That's how we meet the needs of people. We loose them and let them go after the Lord has done what He does. Because, see, I'm going to tell you, that day when the Lord healed me of that headache that I thought I was going to die of, I literally thought I was having a, fixing to have a brain hemorrhage, they ain't nobody prayed for me. Nobody said anything. I read where the Lord touched that woman, and I heard Him say, Be healed by her. I heard him say that to me. And when he said it, guess what happened? I was healed. I was healed. It was gone. And see, that's what we've got to get. We've got to get that. And I'm saying to you, he's saying to us, I want to give you that. I want to give you that. When we say, be healed. That headache, that cancer, that whatever, that financial thing, that relationship thing, it has to respond. It has to. It has no choice because the Lord said, be healed. The Lord said, come forth. The Lord said, hey, loosen and let him go. And you know what happened to Lazarus? You know about identity? I want to get back to you. Lazarus was at a party a few weeks later. Okay? And it says all the Jews were coming, not and Jesus was there. And they were coming not just to see Jesus, but they wanted to see Lazarus. Because they knew that man had been dead and he's alive again. He's alive. Let's go see that man who was dead and is alive. And you know what the Bible says? It says the Jews said, we're going to have to kill him. We're going to have to kill that man. I bet you Lazarus had to get out of town not long after that because they were trying to kill him because people were going to see him because of what Jesus did for him. And that's what religion will try to do. So what I'm saying to you, that's really what I see the revival looking like. People coming like, I need to see this person because they were dead. They were in financial ruin. They lost everything. They lost their marriage. They lost all of it. And God did a miracle. And they are coming to see that miracle, that person who had that miracle. And they're going to get their miracle. That's really what God wants to do. I think at Lakeland, that was like a forerunner anointing of a river 
that was full of the blood of Jesus. And it changed the color of that river. And the Lord's telling me, that river's coming. That river's coming to river life. That river's coming to any church that was willing to accept that river. And we're going to hear the Lord say, come forth. Amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so happy. Let's stand up and let me get you out of here because I'm, I'm keeping you all. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Anybody have a, a, a need this morning that you want prayer for? You know what we're going to do? We're going to believe that river's here today. We're going to act like we already got it. We're going to act like we got a river that's full of the blood, that's got, a, that's got that color, and the power of God's going to come and do what the power of God does. Amen? So if you want to come up right now, if you're one of those people who really want that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for the guy who you delivered of thousands of demons from him, and you sent him home because you wanted the relationships healed. Thank you that you're going to heal homes today. Oh, we're declaring that over this church. Homes are going to be healed. Relationships are going to be healed. Families are going to be healed. Marriages are going to be healed. Lord, we thank you there was a woman with an issue of blood that she spent everything she had. She was busted and broke. Lord, and you, she got healed just because she put her hands on the hem of your garment. She touched you, Lord. She touched you, Lord. She touched you, Lord. And you met all her needs, Lord. Lord, we're calling forth for that river of heaven. Y'all come up here and lay hands on them. Y'all, come on. Anybody who can pray. You got, if you got a mind, if you got a heart to pray for people, come lay hands on people and, and release that river that's full of... I believe we'll start pulling on that river, it'll come. I believe that if we'll pull on it, God will release it. So y'all come on up here and pull on it. Pray for these people that are standing here and release, release this river of blood and water from the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Mercy, Lord. Hallelujah.